0: managing the impacts of climate change anthropogenic means caused by humans and mitigation is to reduce or prevent the effects of something from happening strategies of managing the impacts of climate change include alternative energy sources the burning of fossil fuels contributes to 80 87 of human produced co2 emissions the rest comes from land use changes such as deforestation 9 percent and industrial processes such as making cement To help reduce these emissions, countries might turn to alternative sources of energy, such as hydroelectricity, nuclear power, solar, wind and tidal. The benefits of these electricity sources are that they don't emit a lot of CO2 and some resources will last long into the future. The UK is well suited to some of these technologies as we have a large coastline and a steady prevailing wind. The nuclear power plant is being built at Hinkley Point, creating many new jobs, but there is a concern about the storage of radioactive waste and terrorism. Wind power is a growing industry, but environmentalists are concerned about their impact on migrating birds. Solar is also a fast-growing industry, but still too expensive to mass-produce at the required level. Hydroelectricity can only be used in specific locations and does destroy habitats. Tidal power has great potential, but no one has made it commercially viable yet. Carbon capture and storage. This is the process of using technology in capturing or trapping carbon dioxide produced by burning fossil fuels, transporting the carbon dioxide and then storing the carbon dioxide emissions in such a way that it is no longer available to affect the atmosphere, such as deep underground. There are many ideas as to how this might work, but most feature carbon gas being compressed and transported along pipelines to an injection well, where it is injected to the ground as a liquid and it can stay there for many thousands of years. The carbon can also be used for making products, soil amendments and even shoring up old oil aquifers. The technology to do this on the scale required does not yet resist exist at a viable level. It is also very expensive. It would also make humans able to control the, comp- c- the, c- the composition of the atmosphere which may be which may potentially make new political tensions. How much carbon should be removed from the atmosphere and what level of CO2 is acceptable for all countries, for example. Planting trees. Trees act as a carbon sink. Through the process of photosynthesis, they remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. The carbon is then stored in the trunks and branches of trees, which means it can be stored in this way for many decades. When the tree eventually dies, the carbon is transferred to the ground where it continues to be stored or reused. The Amazon rainforest carbon sink. The Amazon rainforest is 25 times larger than the UK and it accounts for a quarter of the carbon absorbed by land each year. The Amazon has been subject to deforestation over the last 50 years and is now absorbing 30% less CO2 than it was a decade ago. Plantation forests can also absorb CO2 faster than natural forests. It is relatively cheap to plant trees and it creates habitats. Tree planting does require a large amount of land and in many countries this would require fertile farmland to be given over to the purpose. Fully matured forests take many years to grow to the maturity so the full benefits would not be seen immediately. International agreements. These agreements are signed between countries and their governments. They usually involve the governments making commitments to lower carbon emissions, some are legally binding and others are gestures of goodwill. Below are significant ones in in recent years. The Kyoto Protocol in 2005 is an international agreement that commits state parties to reduce greenhouse gases emissions based on the premise that a. global warming exists and b. that man-made CO2 emissions have caused it. The UK agreed to reduce emissions by 12.5% by 2012. They met the target, actually reducing their emissions by an average of 22%. In 2009, world leaders met again to think about international agreements on climate change in Copenhagen. They pledged to reduce emissions with financial support for developing nations to help them cope with the impacts of climate change, but it wasn't legally binding. The Paris Agreement in 2015 195 countries adopt the first ever universal and legally binding climate deal. The main commitments were to keep global temperatures below two degrees and one one billion dollars a year to support climate change initiatives in developing countries. These agreements are vital in the sense that all nations need to tackle a global problem. Working together allows much more resources to be directed to solving the problem and adds to a sense of unity. If a major carbon emitter pulls out, however, their effect will be greatly diminished as we saw when President Trump pulled pulled America out of the Paris Agreement in 2017, rendering the agreement much less effective. How can we adapt to climate change? Adaptation means the actions taken to adjust to natural events, reduce potential damage, limit the impacts and take advantage of the opportunities or cope with the consequences. We can do this through agriculture. There are many problems which agriculture will face, for example, droughts, unpredictable weather patterns, more extreme storms in areas and too hot to grow some crops. Also, new pests and diseases may be brought by warmer temperatures. It will affect countries in different different ways. For example, vine crops such as grapes and olives may be able to be grown in the UK. Parts of northern Russia may become suitable for farming. Southeast Asian rice production could fall by 10%. South Africa's maize crop could fall by 30% by 2030. Scientists think the greatest changes to agriculture will happen in lower latitudes. Sub-Saharan Africa could see a decrease in productivity due to droughts and desertification, whereas wheat in America may see an increase in production. The worst affected countries, Will be sub-saharan africa south africa and southeast asian countries for example indonesia and japan agriculture can adapt to climate change in different ways for example introducing drought resistant strains of crops will mean that crops can still be grown in the instance of drought which may become more common as climate warms this would be useful in areas such as sub-saharan africa educating farmers in Water harvesting techniques will mean that they can store water when it doesn't rain so that it can be used in periods of drought. Educating farmers on the expected changes will give them time to plan, prepare and make changes to what, what and when they grow and how they grow crops so the impact will not be as great or as sudden. New irrigation systems will mean that water is used and distributed more effectively and efficiently so that there is less wastewater new cropping patterns can be introduced for example changing planting or sowing dates which means that we can adapt to new rainfall patterns or increased heat and take advantage of new crop growth opportunities shade trees can be planted next to crops which will protect the crops from strong sun or heat that could come with climate change this would maintain the crop yield and allow some crops to continue to grow certain plants managing water supply Climate change is causing more frequent droughts and floods due to unpredictable and unreliable rainfall. Careful management of water reserves and supply is becoming more important. The poorest countries with the greatest water stress will be the worst affected. For example, in the Himalayas, they use something called an ice stupa, which is where ice is channeled and pumped around a tree so that it freezes. And then in the spring, the ice melts gradually and feeds into the village river system. It has low impact on the environment and it seems to be pretty cheap. It is easy to do and and fairly natural. It is reusing and repurposing existing rainwater. Changing sea levels as they rise can be adapted to in several ways. The average sea levels have risen 20 centimetres since 1900 sea level rises causes flooding erosion saltwater contamination and storm surges and so in coastal areas being more likely to happen by 2100 sea levels are expected to rise 26 to 82 centimeters in a worst case scenario this will flood important agricultural land in bangladesh india and vietnam at current rates the maldives could be uninhabitable by 2040 You can manage sea level rises in the Maldives in many ways, for example, constructing a new three metre high island for islanders to live on. Restoring coastal mangrove forests to trap sediments and offer protection from waves. Relocating the population to Sri Lanka or India. Building artificial reefs reefs to encourage natural creation of islands over hundreds of years constructing seawalls and using sandbags and building houses on stilts that are raised above the ground.